Welcome on in to Sports Voice After Dark. Uh, this is season three. We don't know how we're here for three seasons, but we are. Um, you know. We're back. We're back. I'm Malik, the producer, joined by William Raggetts, a uh, rare host of Sports Voice After Dark. We're lucky to have him. Mm-hmm. Back first, for round two. Back for round two. And first voice, first time voice on SVAD, Bo. I don't know if you want to go by, so I'm just going by Bo. Sounds great. I don't know if you want to be called by your great to, great by your hear. legal name. Andrew Bowen the first. Andrew Bowen the first. First of his name. We'll, we'll call him Bo. So <laughs> that's uh, the name of yeah. Obama's dog. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. Um. So yeah, uh, we're gonna get into it right away. No we politics have today, though. Just sports. <laughs> no politics. Yeah, we exactly. don't talk politics on Svad. Uh, it's not kosher. Or no. religion. Or religion either. Yeah. <laughs> but so we're gonna start off with some Big Ten basketball. You know, last week. Let's do it. We talked about what Northwestern had to do in the Big Ten to make the tournament. But this week, instead of talking about Northwestern twice, we're just gonna talk about the Big Ten as a whole. So. I know we have some two pretty well-known scholars mm-hmm. on the Big Ten. I, you know, I follow a little, but uh, I'm curious to hear what you guys have to say. First question I ask you guys is, uh, what have been the biggest surprise this season? Let's start with good surprises. There are a few names that come to mind. Why don't you guys, you know, take take us through it, take the listeners through it. Well, I think the uh, as, as someone who's watched a lot of Big Ten basketball this year, the biggest good positive surprise for me has been the team from my home state, and that's the Minnesota Golden Gophers under Richard Pitino. Team that won, I believe, eight games all of last year. Not conference <laughs> games, but just games in general. They were absolutely dreadful. and But, but this year has gotten under, undergone a complete infusion of talent, complete overhaul, and is a completely new-look team. Lots of newcomers, led by freshman Amir Coffey, uh, a highly touted freshman. Another freshman, Eric Curry. A couple transfers, Reggie Lynch. And Northwestern fans saw just how good uh, this Minnesota team is when Minnesota came and won at Welsh Ryan last week. But, yeah, they've been just a huge surprise. I I expected them to be a lot better this year, but I didn't think that that would mean currently being ranked number 24 in the AP poll. Tough loss to Michigan State recently in East Lansing, but this team is legit and I think is definitely a top five team in the Big Ten. I have to go with uh, kind of the obvious choice, being that we are Northwestern. affiliated group i have to go with the northwestern wildcats um team is off to a very hot start 14 and 4 um they have a quality win over texas uh two very close losses against butler and notre dame who are turning out to be uh actual powerhouses um they're three and two overall in conference and they have a chance uh this weekend against uh or they just are coming off a win against Rutgers. they have another winnable game against iowa on sunday um that's a their next three games are all games that are very, very winnable for the Cats. So mm-hmm. hopefully they can bolster that uh, in-conference record to 6-2 and two and make a serious bid for the NCAA tournament. Yeah, definitely a, a easier front half of the conference schedule for Northwestern. But we can talk about also some, some negative surprises in the Big Ten. And uh, one team I have to go with, well, there's, there's several I could go with here, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Michigan. Because Michigan was a tournament team last year that snuck in as a bubble team. But this year has just been absolutely nowhere near that level of play and has really struggled. Let me see if I can pull up their record here. They are, let's see, 11-6, and six, down just 1-3 and three in conference through four games. Losses to Iowa, Maryland, Illinois. Illinois just beat them by 16. 
And <sighs> Michigan also barely snuck out a win at home against Penn State, uh, a game they very well could have lost. So they could could easily be 0-4 right now. Um, and that's a, it's a team with a lot of talent when you think about Zach Irvin, Duncan Robinson, uh, Moritz Wagner, DJ Wilson has emerged this year. A lot of good players on that team. But you got to wonder if John Beeline's seed is starting to become hot with the, the struggles in Ann Arbor in this conference season. Uh, for my bad surprise in the Big Ten, I have to go with the Indiana Hoosiers. Uh, they have a record that's that looks better on paper than it uh, that looks that is better than it looks on paper. Uh, but they have a really really bad loss to Fort Wayne. I don't even know they're the Mastodons. Mm-hmm. Um, IUPUI that was, Fort that Wayne. That was dramatic. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's I mean for for their other losses aren't as bad. Nebraska I think is still a bad loss for them at home. Um, Louisville, Wisconsin are bad losses. Illinois, they beat. And then Maryland's not a bad loss, especially because it was close. But overall, I think they're underperforming as a team, especially go- when they were going into the, se- the um, preseason. They were ranked uh, 11th, actually. So I think the, the Hoosiers have been underperforming this year, um, given the expectations that were there in Bloomington. I would agree with you. You're talking about a team that won the Big Ten last year, went 15-3, and three, <clears throat> already has two losses. Sure, you lose Yogi Ferrell, but... That, that's a team with a lot of talent that Tom Crean has not been able to really they're, mesh together thus far. They're actually, I'm looking at the stats right here, they're actually 17th overall in the nation in points per game and 6th in rebounds per game. So, I mean, when you're scoring that well and playing off the boards that well, I mean, it, it's it's surprising that they're only 11-6 and six yeah. and they have a losing record in conference. Now, well, I mean, for, uh, sorry to interrupt you, but using my... One of my favorite websites, KenPalm.com. Indiana is eighth in the country in offensive efficiency, adjusted offensive e- efficiency, but 99th in adjusted defensive defensive efficiency, yeah. which is not not, gonna get it done. not good. They're allowing when you allow 96 points to Illinois at home, that is not ideal. Okay, sorry, just kidding. They scored 96 against Illinois, but when you allow 87 to Nebraska, that's what I was trying to say. Yeah, and that, I mean, that's not ideal. And I mean, most of their losses are actually good losses when you look at it. It's just the fact that they're one in three in conference when they were expected to be one of the the, the top dogs in this conference. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if you're trying to be a top dog, you can't slip up against teams like yeah. Maryland. Yeah, no and I, I do think that this Indiana team. Will, I, I do Maryland think this Indiana team will be fine. Yeah, I think they have enough talent to figure it out. You've got the. The wins over Kansas and North Carolina in the non-conference, so it's a team with that, a lot of talent. Those two, I, those two wins pretty much locked them up. Yeah, I mean, I, those, yeah, those they'd have to have wins. a nightmare rest of no. This, I think with conference season. Yeah, I think with the way that the Big Ten looks as a whole, which we'll get into, Indiana is still definitely going to be a, a top six team, but they're not yeah. one of. I don't think they're right. They're right there yeah. with Purdue and Wisconsin right now. Yeah, Absolutely here's not. another question for you: Is Ohio State that disappointing, or was it expected that they were just going to have a really bad year? Okay, yeah, that that was one another one I was thinking of going to because Ohio State obviously 0 and 4, winless in the Big Ten right now, really struggling, and yeah, I can't. It is surprising, honestly. I I don't think I I did not expect this team to be that bad. They, I mean, they have <laughs> they have talented pieces. They returned a lot of guys. Um, Mark Loving, like. Trevor Thompson, Jaquan Lyle, Jay Sean Tate, they're all there, but they're just not playing very well right now. And unfortunately for, for Buckeyes fans, I don't think it's going to get any better because they just lost wow. Keita Bates-Diop for the season, who is one of their most important players. So I think it could be a rough se- Big Ten season for Ohio State fans. I really don't think they've been overall terribly disappointing. I think in conference, I mean, you could make that argument they're 0-4. But if you look at the teams they played, 
Purdue is not a bad team. Minnesota is, we're finding out, a, a pretty good team. They're very athletic and they're pretty long. And Wisconsin is, you know, obviously a powerhouse. They're really, their worst loss, to be honest, is FAU, which was a close game. I mean, it was at home, but still. Yeah, that's um, a bad loss, though. Yeah, Purdue was a close, they played Purdue tight. Um, UCLA is not a bad loss considering, you know, where they're standing right now. Yeah. So overall, I would not put the Buckeyes as a, a huge disappointment. I think they are underperforming, but I think they that were early enough in conference play that you still could turn it around. Yeah, it's a, it's a team that has had a tough schedule so far, but hasn't... I mean, anyway, you start 0-4 in the Big Ten. I mean, It's going to be a little disappointing. Yeah. They have played three of their four on the road, which is tough. So we'll see. This Sunday will be a good test. Uh, they have Michigan State at home. That's a big game. So, they, the guy, I mean, you got to get your first Big Ten win at some point. So, Yeah, so the next question I ask both of you is, Pretty clear two teams at the top, Wisconsin and Purdue. Absolutely. Seems like right under them, maybe Indiana. But the Big Ten has been a mess this year. Mm -hmm. Total chaos. Northwestern's in the mix. Michigan State has a lot of talent on their roster. Like you said, Minnesota's on the rise. How do you make sense of ordering out the rest of the Big Ten after, you know, the three, you know, clearly better teams? Or if you want to, you know, put Indiana somewhere else. And those teams I named are in there, and you also have Maryland, Illinois, mm-hmm. Nebraska. You know, wow. is there? Do you have a, a good ranking right now? Like, take it's, us through how you're going to try to sort out this hierarchy. Yeah, it's certainly tough to do, but I mean, I can give it a shot. It's you, you mentioned it's Wisconsin and Purdue at the top, and even though Purdue recently beat Wisconsin, Wisconsin's my number one team. I think that they're one of the deepest teams in the country, and can just really beat anybody on any given night. I think it's Wisconsin, then it's Purdue, but that's the upper tier. And then I think you kind of have a, a tier B of about four, maybe five teams that are right there. And for me, to me, that's Michigan State, Maryland, Minnesota, Indiana, and maybe Northwestern. I think okay. I think Northwestern is, is putting itself in a position to be in that mix. And then right under that, you've got teams with the capability to move up into that group. Um, which is Nebraska, Illinois, and maybe Michigan. I don't know. Michigan's been Michigan's been bad. And then I think under that you've got the teams that have. Well, obviously you've got Rutgers last, but then there's a a group below that of teams that really aren't. Penn State's doing not that well. Doing Penn State, anything. although Penn State yeah. is two and two in the conference, but you got Penn State, Ohio State, and yeah. And then, um, and then Rutgers at the bottom. Yeah, this year I have a the the tier A and for Iowa me. Sorry, yeah, I, I was a wild card. Um, the tier A for me uh, is definitely it's Wisconsin. I would put Maryland up there. I think they're a great program. They have a they have in okay. recent years a very good culture. Uh, Mellow Trimble is, I think, still a top player in the country. And then I would have Purdue. Uh, then the the B tier, quote unquote, I would have. Uh, Michigan State, who I would put over Minnesota because they beat Minnesota twice. Yeah, oh, for, sure. um, for for me, if you sweep somebody in season, that that plays a lot into it. Not that it's everything, but then Minnesota, I, I would put Indiana up there. I still think they're a good pl- team. I think they'll turn around. And I would put Northwest. I would sneak Northwestern in there, but I'm also very biased. Mm-hmm. Um, if Northwestern's in that tier B, they're definitely at the bottom. Yeah, like they, they're between cracking that you know seven <laughs> yeah. top good teams or. Are they just the best of yeah. the teams, not those They're, good teams? And they, they've played two teams 
in that same tier as them, Michigan State and Minnesota, and they're on two. So you got to put them at the the bottom of that tier. The win against Nebraska looked really good on the road. But that doesn't. That's not anyone it's better Nebraska. than them. I yeah. think they're Nebraska's three and zero start is De- a little deceiving. deceiving. Yeah, yeah. I, I think mean, they're solid, but they're wait, not me, in that tier. Let me pull tier. up their schedule. Um, I mean, Nebraska has. Uh, they lost to UCLA. I mean, they they they're nine they lost and to, seven. They, they lost to Gardner Webb in the non conference. They're, they're nine and seven to me. That's do you know. Do you know what state Gardner Webb is in? I don't. I, I neither do I. I yeah, it sounds like New Jersey. I don't know. Garden. No, I don't think it's New Jersey. I'm from there. Yeah, yeah I, uh, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if it was New Jersey, though. I mean, we have some random schools. Gardner Webb. It's in North Carolina. Wow. That's right, so you I learned something. Uh, Christian University. Unites Christian ideals with liberal <laughs> arts academics. You thought we weren't going to talk religion. Yeah. You slept on Nebraska. This is, why, this, is why you, this is why you tune into SFAT every week. You learn yeah, new things. Learn new I things. never uh, – I learned something. Uh, but, yeah, Nebraska, I mean, who have they beaten in conference? Indiana, who's – that's a good win. They, they played very well in that game. At Indiana, at Maryland, those are okay. Iowa is Iowa, and then Northwestern they lost to. So I mean, I don't. They're also nine and seven overall. I mean, I know basketball; it's yeah. all that in conference. That, that record's gonna hurt them. Though. But if you if you have, if you are barely above five hundred, to me that is, that that matters. There's not that many Power Five teams that are yeah. barely above five hundred. It's a very streaky have, team. Case, you got a case yeah. of being called good. You got a. Yeah. A couple of guys in Ty Webster and Glenn Watson that can get hot and play play with anyone really, but then when they're not hitting shots as they were in the second half against Northwestern, Nebraska's going to struggle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just like you said, they are streaker. They they started the season four zero, then three losses, then another three losses, then four wins, one loss. So I mean, they they're going to be an up and down team. And I mean, if they get hot in going into the if they get a tournament bid and they get hot, yeah. they you know they theoretically could do some damage if they're this streaky. But I don't see them as a a powerhouse in the Big Ten. What What do you think about about Iowa? Because that's an interesting team. Iowa they is, just beat Purdue. Yeah. Last night. Um, Crazy. They also lost to I bel- what Omaha Mavericks. Um, that yeah. sounds like a an insurance company. Um, yeah, they've got some. They also lost interesting Nebraska. losses and some interesting wins because they also beat Iowa State, who's a legit team. They, they beat team. Iowa State. They lost to Purdue, and they 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 they, they split against Purdue. They won on the road against Purdue, then they lost at home against Purdue. So that's I, that's kind of a wash for me. Um, I think it was the other way, actually. Oh, yeah, they, yeah, they, they got was. blown they, out. They won at home, yeah. Blown out at Mackey. Sorry, yeah. And just narrowly knocked off Purdue at home. Yeah, I misread that. But yeah, I mean, beat Seton, Michigan and OT. Seton Hall turned out to be, I mean, I they just I don't know where to put them. I would put them below Nebraska. Um, just. I think, yeah, I think they're definitely in that right third there. tier with Nebraska, yeah. with Illinois, with maybe Penn State. Penn State, yeah. Penn State, eh, decent. A lot of lot of Philly kids in it, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those, those Philly kids, man. those Philly freshmen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't think I don't think Penn State's that good, but who knows? I would put Iowa two over. conference wins so far. I Penn State's just, it's not a basketball school. That that factor is in for me. <laughs> yeah. Just because, like, there's, like... Good football team this year. But, yeah. 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 I think... Uh, I still don't think they should have made the, the tournament. But but Penn State, I mean, they, they lost to Michigan. They lost to Northwestern. Who have they beat? They beat Rutgers, which is... Rutgers, Rutgers. Rutgers is bad. We can uh, actually yeah. report this. Yeah. I'm not <laughs> sure if, if you know, but breaking news. <laughs> Rutgers basketball is still bad. <laughs> and then they Rutger. Beat, they have not earned that. <laughs> and then they beat Michigan State. So I mean, Penn State, 
You really oh, yeah, Penn State beat Michigan. State. See, that's that's just the kind of thing that happens in the Big Ten this year. It's yeah, just weird. and that leads me to my they my, lost. Oh, oh, go ahead. My last point about before we wrapped up with Big Ten basketball is that it's just been a down year for the conference, right? Like, yeah. Outside of Wisconsin and maybe Purdue, like it's a mess. Yeah, because I mean, it what what's creating this chaos and what's creating this ability to have wild results is that there really aren't that many truly good teams. It's, yeah, like, it's you've, got, you've got two very, very solid teams, and then you've got a jumbled mess from three, all, possibly all the way down to 13. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, it's it's still a league that's probably going to get eight bids to the tournament. That's a lot, yeah. But that's more a function of, I don't know, there not, not being a lot of good mid-majors this year, and just that these teams are decent. Like, some of, there's plenty of tournament quality teams, no, but uh, yeah. they're not, like... I don't know. They're not good I, enough to consistently think, beat who they should. I think beat. four down, the teams that do get bids won't go that deep. They'll probably be first, maybe second rounders. Yeah, you know I mean they're not going to be for sure. They're. They, I don't think the you big know Pur- is, you know Purdue will lose in the first round like they always do. Yeah, um, yeah. They're they're the Washington Capitals of of <laughs> exactly NCAA basketball. But yeah, it's. I think overall it's been a down year because. You know Ohio State is generally pretty good. They're generally top ranks of the the conference. Mm-hmm. Um, Indiana's down right now. Um, I mean, when you have Northwestern as one of your top teams, hey. not top, but it, it, when Northwestern is is doing Chris well Collins in basketball, building something that's a down in year. Evanston, Illinois. No, I believe you. I, I believe in I believe in CC. But um, but we need a Rothsteinism. We don't really. Yeah. Northwestern doesn't have a, a Rothsteinism yet. Not yet. Mm. Well, I'm sure we'll find one. Eventually, once we win games, John Rothstein will tweet something stupid after. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> Death taxes, Greg Gard. No, wait, no, that's death that was, that taxes. Was the Bo Ryan. Gavin Skelly hits. What does he say about know. Greg Gard? Gavin Skelly. I don't know. Well, but, yeah, ben there's, there's no elite long, teams in the Big Ten. Yeah, so that's summary. yeah. So that's the Big Ten basketball, as you can tell, very wonky. We don't really have any idea, but we kind of do. And we're gonna move on. It'll be fun to, to watch. That's it's gonna sure. be fun to watch. It has. It already has been Thing, fun to watch. Things are gonna unfold. I think by the end of the year, maybe one more team will be good, yeah. along with the two and a half we have. We shall so, see. So, moving on, we're going to talk about the NFL playoffs. Right. Uh, kind of a lackluster do, wild card. When do the Vikings play? Aha, uh-huh, good one. Dang it, they're out. No. Yeah, they're out. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Wild card weekend, a little lackluster. All four home teams won. Pretty rare that happens. And uh, neither of the games were particularly close down they were, the stretch. They were all bad games. They are all bad games. The Giants-Packers game was kind of good. Some of them were entertaining in like, the first quarter. Second the end quarter. was bad. Yeah, the end was bad. So, now we have four, you know... Pretty solid matchups. I think two really, really good matchups. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got Seahawks, Falcons, <clears throat> Texans, Pats, Steelers, Chiefs, and Packers, Cowboys. Are you saying the the two NFC matchups are the good ones? Uh, I think Steelers, Chiefs is a slightly better Chiefs matchup than Seahawks, Falcons. Okay. But Seahawks, Falcons has the potential to be really explosive. So that, yeah, in that's terms an of like watchability, yeah. Yeah. and you know it's going to be really cold in Kansas City, so maybe not. But yeah. let's yeah. start game by game. We're going to start with Seahawks at Falcons. We'll break it down for us, and then give a, give me your predictions. All right. Yeah, I'm a an NFC guy, so I know a lot more about about these games than maybe I, I know about the AFC games too. But this is one that I definitely have my eye on as being really interesting at the Georgia Dome. Ludicrous performing at halftime. That's irrelevant, but. That's so uh, relevant. I mean, but it, it's lit, but it's, <laughs> it's relevant. so relevant. He, w- uh, he once rapped, you know, he did some things. At, yeah, uh, well, he, Dirty Bird's kicking for yeah, three. Yeah, what you know. happened? Okay. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so this is basically a really, really good defensive team. The Seahawks are still a very good defensive team. 
against one of the best offenses this millennium. Yeah. This is this Falcons offense is absolutely dynamite. Matt Ryan is having an MVP caliber year. Julio Jones is one of the best receivers in the National Football League. You got two really good backs in Devontae Freeman, Tevin Coleman. Other good receivers. I mean, that, Gabe, that offense Gabriel's is a yeah, Taylor Gabriel, Mohamed Sanu. It's such a fun game. offense to watch, and I just don't know how the Seahawks are going to be able to to shut them down. The, the Seahawks haven't been <clears throat> that ridiculously elite defense that they have been in the past five years. Obviously, gave up like 38 points to the Packers. Um, so it's a team that can spring some leaks. I think the Falcons will put up points at home, and I don't think the Seahawks are going to be able to hang with them enough because the Seahawks' offense is also very inconsistent. Russell Wilson's had some up games. He's had some down games. We'll see what Thomas Rawls can do. But I think I think it'll be a relatively high-scoring game. I think the Seahawks are going to win something like 34-28, so 34-24, something like that. That's very, I think if the Seahawks can table... Did I say the Seahawks? You said the Seahawks. Sorry, I think the Falcons, Falcons are going to win. Yeah. I think the Falcons are going to win. I think if the Seahawks can take away the Falcons' run game, they really have a chance. Keep in mind, the Seahawks beat the Falcons earlier in the year, and it was the Seahawks made stupid mistakes to keep Atlanta in the game. They actually outplayed him the whole time. But, again, it's not really going to have much of a bearing on this one just because Atlanta's at home. They've had a lot of time to prepare. These teams mm-hmm. know each other. So, I'd get, I Atlanta's, at this point, a better team. Definitely looks really good. But what I think is going to have to happen is, for Seattle to win is their offensive line, you know, they're going to have set up against a really bad defense. Yeah. And... If they can run the ball, then uh, the Seahawks really have a chance to, you know, keep up. Yeah. If they carry on the ball and Vic Beasley gets the pass rush going, mm-hmm. Russell Wilson can work his magic, but he's not going to be able to do enough. Yeah. And if they can run, they have a two-dimensional offense, they have a chance. And I yeah. I would pick them to win, but... If if the, if the Seahawks get one-dimensional, I think that's very bad for them. It's over for them. It's over, But if the Falcons are forced to get one-dimensional, because Seahawks do have a good run defense... I think they could still survive just because I, Matt yeah. Ryan is really, really I, good. I think they have so many weapons on offense, and I think my, like my big matchup that I wrote down here is for this game is uh, what the Atlanta offense versus Seattle defense. Yeah. Because the other matchups kind of, I mean, Seattle's offensive line is is very porous right now, and Atlanta's defense is not superior in any way, shape, or form. So it's really just can Atlanta score on Seattle? I my prediction is actually very close to you. I have Falcons thirty-one, Seahawks twenty-eight. Okay. Um, yeah, that sounds about right. Atlanta's hot right now. They're four. They're, they won four straight. Um, I know they have the bye week, but still, um, that kind of momentum helps, and they're at home, which yeah, does which matter. helps a lot, as we know. Yeah, it's gonna be loud in the Georgia Dome. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Well, they're tearing it down soon, so yeah. yeah. Like, there, there's there's a lot of emotional baggage for um, Falcons fans. And looking right. at the, that matchup that you mentioned, the Falcons offense and Seahawks defense on a one-on-one scale, I'm ex- I'm excited and curious to see how much Richard Sherman is going to be covering Julio Jones. Yeah, which would be I think really that, fun. I think that could be a lot of fun. Both yeah. big physical guys. I think Julio could actually do pretty well against him and then yeah. maybe have some choice words in the post-game press conference because yeah. you know Sherman likes to talk. But I think the Seahawks will win, but that's because I picked him at the beginning of the year. And I do think if they win, it's going to be a little fluky, but somehow they'll get it done. I don't feel great about yeah. that pick, but that's because... I don't know if anyone heard way back when I picked a Seahawks Pat Super Bowl. Doesn't look as great now with the Earl Thomas injury and the Seattle offensive line being so bad, but I'm just gonna stick to my guns. It's a good point. Earl could, Thomas yeah. is hurt. I could I totally to I, I, I know I picked the Falcons, but I could definitely see the Seahawks winning this one just because yeah. they have big game experience. Pete Carroll's a good coach. 
Um, they, they, they seem to come alive in the playoffs. They have yes, the they've been there before. They've been yeah. there before. They have exactly. experience, and uh, the Falcons just never have been a good playoff team. I mean, Matt Ryan. I think this season is going to be the make or break season for him because if he folds in the playoffs, then he's not going to go down as like an elite quarterback in the league. You know, what I mean, he'll be upper mid level, but he won't be elite. Like he won't be Tom yeah, like Brady Joe Flacco. or Rodgers. Yeah, like Joe Flacco's elite. <laughs> Um, uh, should, should we move on? Yeah, to, we'll, mo- we'll move on. We Kirk, had this Kirk one. Cousins. We don't have to spend too much time on. I think. So you know what we'll get. We're talking about it's Texans at Pats. Just give me Brock. Real quick. Can the Texans <laughs> do anything to win this game? Tom yes, they down. can. It's, it's not they, out of their reach. They can. They can stay in it with their defense. They have the best defense in the National Football League statistically. Really, really good defense. Clowney's starting to come alive, and yeah, they can. They can stay in it with their defense, but. They're just not. They're not going to make enough plays on offense. They're, I cannot, for the life of me, see Brock making enough plays against the Patriots defense. But that is what it would take for them to win this game: is Brock finding New Hopkins, finding whoever else, getting some run game going. Yeah. But I, I, I think the Patriots win by seventeen. I have yeah. I have Pats thirty three, Texans seventeen. Okay. I think it could it could be more than that. Could be. Um, it's really just going to come down to Tom Brady versus the Texans secondary. Can they stop him? Because, I mean, New England's run game is it's, a, it's pretty good, but it's not going to – I don't think it's going to tear you apart, and they have a good front seven. Yeah, Brian I don't Cush- think Blunt's going to be able to do too much. Brian Cushing's one. actually a very good linebacker. Yeah. Um, J.J. Man Clowney, like you said, is is a good – he's a good uh, – he's a threat up front. So it's I annoying would, to me that Watt is not playing in this game because I think that uh, would add – some that would be a lot. Ex- of fun. I, that would add I would have paid more money for that. I would have probably yeah. paid you know an extra like fifteen cents for that. That's yeah. a, you know he's he's he he's like a twenty cent player. Um, <laughs> Basically, what it comes down to is that these are the New England Patriots, coached yeah. by Bill Bill Belichick with Tom Brady at quarterback, and they're not going to lose their first playoff game. Yeah. they're going to be no, in the AFC home. Championship game like they always are. I think that I'm, because there are there is no justice in the world. I have yeah. them. I have them winning the Super Bowl. Yeah, because yeah. I, I see anybody it. on the NFC side. I mean, Dallas is. All rookies. We'll get, I don't. We'll, I don't. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get, there. get to the Cowboys. Why don't we move on to yeah. Steelers Chiefs? Okay. You know, two really good teams. I think mm-hmm. Steelers have been a little streaky. They've looked bad at times, but high octane offense. Defense is a little, you know, rough. Looked good the against edges. a actually solid Dolphins team last week. Yeah, and shout, then you have the, Max Goodman. The, the Chiefs, which in theory are a really good two way team, but have a quarterback that's not explosive and a defense. That low key isn't awesome, but has some great players on it, like Eric Berry, Justin Houston. Yeah, so Justin Houston's good. There, the this is a good game between two teams that can play on both sides of the ball. This is hard to I, call. Yeah, I, I am giving to the Steelers by like that much. I have Steelers twenty four, but I think Tyreek Hill is going to be a big factor in this game. If they can find a way to shut down Tyreek Hill, that's going to really do a, some serious, serious damage to the Chiefs' offense. Yeah. Yeah. I so I think the the biggest argument for the Steelers is just the three Bs: Ben Roethlisberger, Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell. Absolutely, yeah, all, all three went off them. last week. Brown, best best wide receiver in the NFL for my money. Le'Veon Bell had 167 rushing yards last week. Dude's threat out of the backfield. They're really really good. But then, I actually think I'm I'm going with the Chiefs in this one. Okay. Just because I I really like the chief what the Chiefs have going both ways on defense, uh, on offense they I think they'll have a decent run game with Spencer Ware. Steelers aren't a great team defending the run, 
Alex Smith has been making plays. I don't. Yeah. I don't think anyone in the Steelers secondary can guard Travis Kelsey. Nope. Um, and then yeah, Tyreek Hill is just a threat to house it every time he touches the ball. But I think the biggest thing for me is I think the Chiefs' defense is going to be able to make some plays. I think Houston's going to be able to get a couple sacks on Ben Roethlisberger. Hey, and I think uh, that I think that secondary could hang up, hold up there with, with Big the, Ben throws some questionable passes. He does. Yeah. So. It's gonna be a cold Turno- turnover battle. You, you got Eric know. Berry back there. It's yeah. gonna be real cold it, at Arrowhead. I think it's gonna yeah. be. Yeah, I think it's yeah, gonna home be. Home field advantage too is is one of the reasons why I like the Chiefs. But I also think it's gonna be a. I don't think Ben Roethlisberger is the X factor just because I think it's gonna be a run centric game and Steelers. Okay. I in, have in my opinion the best running back in the league, Le'Veon Bell. Um, they definitely have the advantage in that. Department. Yeah, so I think it's gonna be a run heavy game, uh, just because it's gonna be brutally cold there. So I think. The I I overall think the Steelers have the advantage when it comes to running. Mm-hmm. It's just a question of can the Chiefs defense stop them just enough to keep their offense in the game. Yeah. You heard it here first. Chiefs twenty four, Steelers twenty one. Okay. And now the last game of the week. Game of the week. Favorite for most people. America. America's team. America's America. team versus America. Versus trailer trash's team. Yeah, but Aaron Rodgers is America's favorite son right now. Oh god. All right, just gonna know. get let's, this let's out of the way right now. I'm a big Minnesota Vikings fan, therefore I despise the Green Bay Packers. Everything to do with their organization, <laughs> their fans. Uh, just get that out of the way. That I, said, they are very good this is, year. That is one thing we can agree on as a Bears fan. There's nobody in the world I hate more than Aaron Rodgers, other than like Brett Favre. Um, <laughs> but we yeah. hate him because he's very good. That's, oh yeah, that's the, the problem. No, totally. That, if he was on the Bears, I would love him. Yeah, and no I mean, one hates Matt Stafford that much. Yeah. Well. <laughs> He, he's kind, not of, he kind of he kind of annoyed me this year. But he doesn't but, win, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like nobody he's not hateable. Yeah, yeah, fair. All right, well what's gonna happen? I I really like the Packers. The Cowboys are scared of the Packers. Now, are the Cowboys a better team? Sure, for sure. But mm. Aaron Rodgers, how far can his like his crazy playmaking ability take the Packers against this Cowboys team? And can they be on the field enough to to win? Because we know what the Cowboys game plan's gonna be. Well, yeah, this is two very, very, very good offenses <coughs> against two shaky defenses. And I think the Cowboys are going to win this game uh, from an unbiased perspective because I think the Cowboys' defense is better than the Packers. And I, I, I don't think the Packers are going to have much of an answer in the Jerry Dome for Des Bryant, Packers secondaries, Swiss cheese, no pun intended. Um, and... Ezekiel Elliott, I think, is going to have another big game, as he has done all year. That offensive line is ridiculous. The question is, is Dak going to be ready for the moment? But people have been asking that all year. Is Dak, can, how can Dak keep doing this? And he just keeps delivering and keeps looking cool and poised beyond his years. And I, I don't think that that is going to be a problem. I, I think the Cowboys take this one. Um, I actually disagree with your point on Dak. I don't think he has been great under pressure he had a national tv game against the giants and he didn't play great in it um i mean there was probably other factors there i, I think that is good i think Dak's a good quarterback overall but when it comes down to it for me aaron Rodgers is a veteran and the cowboys offense generally is very young um i mean des Bryant is really the only guy on there or, i mean jason Witten's a veteran but he's also a tight end he's not the leader of the offense yeah um packers are also the hottest team in football right now they've won I don't even know how many straight, at least five or six straight. Um, and Aaron Rodgers, I mean, he's not amazing in the playoffs if you look at his record, but he's he's been there before. And I think that experience, especially in the playoffs, is going to be valuable. Um, and I also think 
Ty Montgomery is going to be a big factor in this game because the Cowboys' run defense has been good this year. Um, mm-hmm. So it's if they can get Ty Montgomery going, then um, then Aaron it takes a little bit of pressure off of Aaron Rodgers' back. Yeah. Um, so I have actually I have the Packers winning though, just because they're so hot right now. And the last uh, the last time they won a Super Bowl, they got hot at the end of the year. It happens a lot. It's the it's it's always not always, but generally it's the hottest team going yeah. into the playoffs. So I have Packers thirty one, Cowboys twenty eight. But I could totally, see, I could definitely see the Cowboys winning this game. I think it'll be a good game. Yeah, and I think your point is is valid that the hottest team generally wins these games. But I think there's an argument to be made that the best team is going to find a way to win, and I think that that's the Dallas Cowboys in this instance. It's important to note that uh, Jordy Nelson is not going to be playing in this game, which I think limits Rogers' options. I don't know if he's going to be able to find Randall Cobb for three touchdowns again. Although, the Giants' defense is solid. But this is not going to be at Lambeau. This is in Dallas. Um, I don't know. I just I, I like the Cowboys in this one. I think Sean Lee, Malik Collins, Barry Church, Orlando Skander, guys like that will be able to do enough on defense. I think it will be a, a relatively high-scoring game, but I'll give me the Cowboys 38-34. All right. Well, I, I hate the Cowboys. I'm going to pick against them, but... Whatever. I hope. I don't know. I can't, I can't make an argument why they'll lose, but other than Aaron Rodgers is really good and maybe they'll get opportunistic with turnovers against an inexperienced act. Maybe. Whatever. I'm making up narratives. I'm picking against the Cowboys. Just because. Okay. Yeah. Um, we'll see. Yeah. Don't, don't sleep on Dan but Bailey being I just hope, elite. I hope it's a great game. Mason Crosby. I hope there's some I good ho- games I hope there's this some weekend. Good games yeah. this weekend. I, think, I think you have three really good matchups. I, Texas on paper. Patriots. On paper. Texas Patriots, you're basically just betting on you're just betting on how big the spread's gonna be. I don't yeah. think unless Tom Brady goes out early with an injury, I don't see this being a and even then Jimmy Garoppolo is still like a decent replacement. So I, I yeah. just don't see that game being close. Yeah. Um but you know, who knows? It's the playoffs. Yeah. It is the playoffs. Anything can happen. So that'll uh, conclude our NFL Vikings will be there next preview. Year. No, I don't know about that. Maybe. Who knows? We'll they need a and, uh, elite. We're going to back up a little from the actual sports talk. We're going to talk a little about Twitter in sports. Um, it's occupied a really large place in the sports world now. Last few, three or four years, it's it's been huge. Changes the way we watch sports. We're always talking about it as the game happens. Has it made our sports viewing better? And I'm just going to start by saying it has. I think so. But the question is why? And what makes Twitter and sports a perfect match for each other? And then after we kind of discuss that, we're going to talk about how has it changed the way the players play the game? And then, you know, how could Twitter and be better placed? Because Twitter has its benefits, but it also can be a little messy sometimes. Yeah. Especially in the sports world where, mm. you know, people are aggressive. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Well, I think, yeah, I would agree with you. I think that Twitter has has made the sports viewing experience better because I think it's fun to, you see a big play and provided you're watching live and you're not on a, a stream that is like 10 seconds behind because then that's really annoying. But you see, a, you see a big play and you go and you can tweet something about it and you can interact with people and you can see what the the NFL <laughs> so-called experts are, are saying about it and you can read Skip Bayless's terrible takes and you can... <sighs> You can just see like what people are saying. You can watch gifs, see funny memes. I don't know. It's just I, I think it enhanced the the experience of watching sports for a lot of reasons. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it's. I mean, we're all in agreement here. But I think it's it's 
Also, not even just the watching sports thing, but it's nice that if I'm away, like, if I'm, I'm not near a TV, I can still get, like, updates via Twitter. Yeah, you like, can follow it. You know, like, I follow the Bulls, and sometimes if they're playing the same night as the Blackhawks, like, I won't be able to watch both games, so I, I get, like, the updates on Twitter, and it's nice. It, that's that's helpful. But I also think it, it they're so interconnected now that, like, like, you see a big play. I remember when LeBron blocked Curry in the finals last yeah. year. And immediately I went to Twitter, and it was the first 10 tweets within, like, 10 seconds were just all about the same thing. Yeah. And it was all just, like, LeBron in all caps with, you know, 30 exclamation points. But, yeah, yeah. I think it it allows for people to have opinions. Um, there's definitely more of a, a debate now because of Twitter. Like, regular people can have a voice um, on Twitter. Whether or not that's a good thing is up for debate. But it's it's But I think overall it's been a positive thing. Yeah, and I would agree with your, your point about being able to follow games when you're not watching, too, because I think it's a lot more fun to follow beat writers and other people who are providing updates on the game than to just look at a score app and refresh to see every play. I think it's a lot more fun to see commentary, and you can see videos. And yeah. Twitter's also added a lot of like live streaming stuff recently. You yeah, can Thursday. Periscoping. Mm-hmm. Um, that whole idea of, of live streaming like pregame stuff and all that but then also like you said Twitter's been streaming some games as well which is an, an interesting debate yeah. maybe not relevant to what we're, we're talking about but and then the next question I asked you know does it impact the game at all obviously athletes are independent you know they play the game they're focused on what their coaches tell them whatever but like has just the virability is that a word of viralness. The, the viralness Viral of the twenty tens. I feel like that's one thing that's just defined it is that things go viral. Has that changed the way people play the game? Maybe not changed I, it, but like do you sometimes you sense when you're watching a game like it something could happen that could break the internet? Well, Especially we when you're watching those big games like the game seven in the finals, yeah. waiting for something to happen. Biggest uh Viral sports play, I think, in, in Twitter history has to be that Odell catch on, right. on Sunday Night Football. Right, he just football. makes the one-handed catch. Or the Braxton Spiller, Miller spin move. Not that, that was as viral, but that, that's that was like on par. That was a good one. Yeah. I don't the think LeBron, that's in the same. The I don't think that's in the block. same stratosphere. The, the Steph Curry three over the um, Thunder. Those are up there, but just, it has to be that Odell catch, and just that was the first one that truly it sparked it all. It that sparked was, yeah. tweets for the next week. That whole night was nothing but that catch and, and people talking about it and it just went absolutely crazy but I mean I, to your question I don't I don't think that that ability of that to go viral has changed the made way that right? happen I think Odell does that because that's who he is and that's what he does I think the the sports that we watch are becoming more like highlight, highlight driven and, and fun and stuff like that especially football. basketball football so freakishly athletic. but that's just because of yeah. the way the games are going I don't think yeah. that has anything to do with social media I, it's it, just yeah. kind of a perfect match I guess yeah it, I, it definitely is yeah and I think um, well I remember firstly I remember watching live that Odell Beckham catch and I was in my basement losing it because I was like there's no way it's ridiculous that, like like I was I knew it was a catch but in my heart I didn't want to admit it but anyway um, to, to what you're saying I, I think I don't think athletes are like on the field like okay like how can I make like a highlight level yeah. play now I think they're just trying to make good plays and I think now athletes now are bigger stronger faster they're just freakishly athletic especially in basketball that the highlights are becoming even more ridiculous but I want to say that this there was a play that was before Twitter that it had it happened now it would have gone viral instantly it was Joe Horn 
playing for the Saints, he before the game he slipped a cell phone under the pad of the the field goal. Like you know that pad that goes around the base of the field goal. Mm. He slipped a cell phone. He scored a touchdown in the game. Went over to the pad, pulled out the cell phone, and called somebody and told him he just scored a touchdown. Had that happened, that, that would have been insane. That would have been. I would. Yeah. That that would have yeah. been perfect. Well, one thing I think that Twitter can have an influence. Maybe the viral ability of our current social media age can have an influence is in like celebrations like yeah, that. Like, like on an- a big Antonio dunk. Brown or yeah, yeah Antonio Brown. Or like, like I mean in in basketball yeah. too. I feel like when a big dunk happens or like when someone makes a touchdown, like maybe when they're playing, it doesn't matter. They're playing to play. Yeah. But once something awesome happens, I think players know now that it's blowing up. Immediately, and that like everyone's going to be seeing it. Monmouth bench last year. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. a good example. They were, of they it. were definitely. I think there was a point where they started doing it because they knew that it was getting bigger, and they just wanted to kind of feed into the hype. Yeah. Um, not that it was negative. I mean, obviously, it's. I think it's, it's great for the product. Um, I think it's you know like it makes basketball more fun. I think they should allow excessive celebration in every sport. Like, you know, as a fan, I want to see that. I want to see how far Antonio Brown is willing to take it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think I think that the that I don't think it's the plays the players are making are they're doing it for highlights, but I think that they are doing I think the celebrations are definitely more for the highlights and more for I guess attention. It sounds bad, but it is. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, like you said, the the big play, the highlight plays of of our current age in sports mix really well with Twitter. Like, if, if Twitter was around in the 1940s when, like, Sammy Baugh was passing the ball, and you know, I just Bo looked Jack- up Sammy Bo Baugh, Jackson. and... Oh, God. Yeah. Okay, well, there are there are certainly examples of people that would have benefited from Twitter, but did you know Sammy Baugh led the NFL in passing, punting, and interceptions in the 1940s? That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Like, how you do all three? All right. That's <laughs> irrelevant. Um, so, but yeah. another question I have, you know, related to Twitter is, is it a good place to talk about sports? Like, what are the, what mm. drawbacks are there on Twitter that make it you know, not the best? And I ask you this question as sports journalists and also as sports fans, but primarily as journalists because, you know, Twitter now is an important thing to do if yeah. you're a sports writer. Yeah, it's you a big have, part of who you are. It's a big part are. of yeah. who you are. Your, your persona, brand. like, like barstool sports. Yeah, I think. exactly how, that yeah. kind of thing. Is it good or bad? R- Raggett just looks like you have something to say. Oh, I mean, oh. not oh. N- not particularly. I don't know. It's. It's definitely a a big part of it, but I don't know if it's necessarily a, like the best place to have reasonable sports discussions, whether this is between journalists and fans or journalists and journalists. Because I mean, generally, if you're going to be if it's going to be between multiple like writers, it's going to be more reasonable. But you have lots of fans on Twitter who like to just bash each other, and you're not gonna you're not gonna change someone's mind on on a, a, their opinions. Um, by replying to their tweet, and I don't know, it's it's funny to like look at the mentions of like the NFL or like obviously like Skip Bayless is hilarious, but or any even lots of national writers if they'll say something, there you'll have tons of people with egg avatars <coughs> like disagreeing and saying like my team is the best, your team sucks, like you cheated, and, like oh, blah yeah. blah blah. So I don't, I don't know. know, it's it's it, still not that sophisticated to me, but it, it can be fun depending on you have you have to kind of <coughs> choose who you follow and who you see i think one thing one problem with the whole sports debate on twitter thing is that there's a lot there could be in theory and probably in reality there could be a lot of misinformation spreading yeah. i mean we saw that with the election you know what i mean but um like but this it's the same thing and also i think any like you said any 
any person with a Twitter account can now have an opinion. Um, but I think I think it's it, it's a good place to facilitate debate. But the problem is, is it, there are only 140 characters, and yeah. you you that lose a lot of thing. like you can't really say what you mean in 140 characters and like explain it well. Yeah. Um, so like, like people you like can in person. Yeah, like people yeah. In, like Skip Bayless. I mean, I I don't agree with the guy on much, but he. He he posts these bold claims on Twitter, but then he doesn't get to back it up, so it's hot kind takes. of unfair. Yeah, hot takes or whatever. Yeah, whatever he says. But um, yeah, but he, but I think that it becomes a lot more like you'll get more retweets if you say something bold. Yeah, he has to pack all of his questionable opinions into 140 characters, yeah. and also, or he I mean, could just say like Nick doing, Saban is overrated. Watch the undefeated. Well, yeah, he's doing it to be, try to get people to watch his. Terrible FS1 oh. show. Oh my god! But, yeah, you just tried to do the same thing with like discount Stephen A. Smith. And yeah. Oh man, it just didn't. Well, that's another discussion. Maybe <laughs> next week we'll talk about talking talk, heads, talk shows. Talk shows. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's another interesting thing to talk about. But last question, really quickly, you know, is there anything that you know you could do to improve Twitter to make it a better place for sports? <clears throat> and this is, I think, all three of us probably would agree. We like Twitter with sports. Yeah. It's great. It's fun. What could make it, you know, just more conducive to a great place to a great place a companion for watching sports? <clears throat> I think personally, um, I use the ESPN app to like check scores and stuff. Like if I, like I'm like oh like how do the Blackhawks do? How do the you know how do the Bulls do? I think if Twitter started doing like box scores, like 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 under the moment section, and like they started including box scores, I think that would be very helpful and I probably wouldn't need the ESPN app then because I would just go to Twitter you know what I mean so I mean I think if they're not that they have to have like an entire section devoted to sports but I think that would be really helpful to be able to like check scores easily like that and not have to like scroll through my timeline and yeah yeah, find it and in case if you're wondering like why would Twitter do that my guess is that the two things that drive Twitter the most are sports and politics yeah and television is Probably a close third. Entertainment. Entertainment in general. Like award shows. Yeah. And stuff. Twitter goes nuts when The Bachelor is on. That's yeah. true. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't really. I don't know if I have a good answer to that question. I don't know what exactly could be done to make it a a more clean, friendly. I think one thing place. that they try to do and that they should keep working on is prevent harassment as yeah. much as possible. Yeah. And I just mean that in like. It's hard with like. It's hard. You have That's free, you have free speech. Yeah, you have free but, speech, but. There's lots of dumb sports fans but, out there. We yeah, can put it, we can put also, it at that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Should we do this lightning round? All right. I gotta. Well, I gotta avenge I was, my. I was told my loss that I, to Zach Wingrove last time. I was time. told that I shouldn't even prepare um, because I was automatically going to lose. Did I say? Well, yeah. Well, I did Ragged say that. Is talking trash. I, was, I talk a little <laughs> smack, you know. I grew up in the KG era, so that's <laughs> my, that's my guy. Fallen. Yeah. All right. Well, for this is your first lightning round, and for those who are listening, we'll go over the rules really quickly. The sports news quiz. Uh, each contestant away. gets ten questions each oh, that increase in difficulty. There are three easy questions worth one point each, three medium <clears throat> questions worth two points each, three hard questions worth three points each, and a Philly sports special, which is worth four points if you get it. Trust the process. Trust baby. the process. Shout out to Cherry Hill. Exactly. <laughs> and... Uh, there's a Landon Donovan question of the week in the first set of questions, and there's a rapper question of the week in the second set of questions. Uh, other than that, you know, it runs pretty smooth. I think this is a pretty decent set, and the way it works is you guys do rock, paper, scissors. 
to decide who goes first or second. Whoever wins can decide. Okay. All right. It's just, just one. Yeah. Shoot. Yeah. All right. Rock paper scissors shoot. Rock paper scissors shoot. Rock paper scissors shoot. Dang. All right, so right, Bo wins. I will go second. All right, so uh, Bo has the rapper, the rapper question. question. So Will Raggett has the Ooh. first set. He has Lindon a question, but I think there's some good questions here for <clears throat> Raggett. Okay. Let's get it started. Easy question. Who hit a game winner to defeat the Knicks on Wednesday? Who hit a game winner? To, oh, TJ McConnell. That is correct. Trust the process. Had to start with Sixers. TJ. Uh, <laughs> one a, point for guy. you. Another easy question. Who caught Aaron Rodgers' first half Hail Mary against the Giants? Randall Cobb. That is correct. Unfortunately. Easy peasy. Two points. Next easy question. The main draw for which tennis event starting Monday has been announced? Ooh. See, these are these are the tough ones for me. Um, is it the French Open? Oh, nope. French Open is in June. This Dang. is the Australian Open. I was going to say that. Oh, Shut my up. goodness. I went so from Australian to French. Under. Two points. Dang. All right, on to the medium questions. This is a soccer one. Who defeated Liverpool 1-0 in the first leg of the EFL Cup semifinal on Tuesday? The goal scorer was Nathan Redmond. Oh, jeez. Um, I can't, like, ask questions, can I? No. Yeah. Just take a guess. Yeah, I'll... Is it West Bromwich Albion? Nope. This was Southampton. Ah. I like that guess. Okay, I tried. Here's, here's one you might know. I think I think you, you do. Uh, you're still on two points. Who did the Rams announce as their new ha- head coach in the NFL? I right, see this back in my wheelhouse. Sean McVay. That is correct. So four points now. Here's a college basketball question. Okay. Who defeated Butler on Tuesday to move to 16-1 and on the season? That would be the Creighton Blue Jays. That is correct. So six points. On to the hard questions. Here we go. First hard one. Which bottom of the league team has started tanking in the NHL with a trade of veteran Floyd McLeod to the Predators? They're bottom of the league in the NHL. They started tanking. Is it the Colorado Avalanche? That is correct. All right. Wow. Nine points. Here's another baseball question. Well, not another, but a baseball question. A baseball question. question. Uh, Which first baseman did the Padres sign to a six-year extension? Uh, Will Myers? That is correct. Wow. He's doing well. 12 points for Will Raggetts. Here's the Landon Donovan question of the week. Oh, jeez. Uh, which city does Landon Donovan reside in, where he now thinks there can be a, an MLS team? Oh. San Diego. That's correct. Yeah. The other uh, <clears throat> rapper question is also pretty easy. Okay. I made the specials a little easy this okay. round. Okay. Wow. 15. 15. some record-breaking well, stuff. If you get if you get the four-point... Philly Sports Special, you tie Zach Wingrove's record. Zach got 19? Yeah, he got 19. Jeez, all right, I'm, I'm, I got uh, Who did the Philadelphia Phillies sign to a one-year $4.13 million contract to avoid arbitration? Ah, jeez. I looked up lots of Philly-related yeah, sports happenings, but I did not see the Phillies offseason. Jeez. I'll just take a shot in the dark here. Um, was it... Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't even know. I'm not. I'm not even gonna guess. Uh, it's Freddie Galvis. Ah, dang it! Hit 25 I, home runs. I should have guessed. All a, right, I so should have guessed a Philly. <laughs> that was, that was 15. 15. I was thinking, uh, I was I thinking think somebody else. To top that. Okay. It's all right. You, I'm you, fine with that. You just gotta get. I'd say for respect, you gotta get close to six or seven. Anything more than that, all good right. job. All right. Let's start off with easy question. 
who had a game winner over the Bulls on Tuesday night. You are uh, a Bulls fan, so you might know this one. I didn't watch one. this game. Um, if you know the team. I know it's the Wizards. Someone on the Wizards hit a game winner. Bradley Beal? Close. John Wall. John Wall. Oh, John Wall. he was my next choice. Damn. All right. John All right. Wall. Next easy question. Uh, who upset Baylor by 21 points on Tuesday in college <sighs> basketball? Both of these teams were ranked top 15 or so. Baylor's number so. one. Uh, Baylor was number they one. Were, they, yeah. were. they were number one. It was their, it was their um, first number one game in school history. Wow. Not I like, I've seen all these headlines. Uh, was it in conference? Yeah. Yeah, it was Big 12 play. Oklahoma State? No, this was West Virginia. Oh, my God. Oklahoma State's 0 4 in the Big 12, but good guess. It's all right. <laughs> all right, I'll stop commenting. <laughs> Next easy question. It's all right. Uh, who caught the game winning touchdown pass in the college football championship? Uh, Hunter Renfro. That is correct. One point. All right. On to the medium questions. If you know football, this is similar to one Will had. Uh, Who did the Chargers announce as their new head coach? Uh, um, Bill's offensive coordinator. I I know it was Bill. uh, I forget his name. It's tough in the moment. I forget his name. I know it was the Bill's offensive coordinator. I have no idea what his name is, though. This is Anthony Lynn. Okay. Uh, Next, here's a basketball question. Uh, In Heat Warriors... Who posterized Steph Curry on Tuesday night? Hassan Whiteside? No, this is James Johnson. Oh, okay. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. Uh, Here's a hockey question. Who passed 1,000 career points on Wednesday in a win over the Penguins? Alexander Ovechkin. There you go. So now you're on three. Here's a hard question. Three points. Which team? This is really tough. I apologize. Uh, which <laughs> team okay. held Liverpool to a scoreless draw on Sunday in the FA Cup? They're a League One team. Wow. It's only noteworthy because they're so bad and they tied Liverpool zero zero. I have no idea. It's yeah, Sunderland. I don't know. Good guess. Plymouth Argyle. <laughs> That's the possible question. I Here's didn't know one. that was a team. Oh, League One. I thought you meant like the French League One. No, not wow. Ligue 1. Ligue 1. Okay. Ligue 1. Um, Canelo Alvarez, boxer, agreed to rematch against this other boxer. Do you know who this is? Um, it's not Mayweather because he was he was looking into fighting McGregor. Um, yes, that's correct. Alvarez, who's he fought? He's did he fight? I have no idea. Manny Pacquiao. This I think he's in retirement. Cesar Chavez Jr. Uh, Julio okay. Cesar Chavez Jr. Julio. Is he actually Julio Cesar? I yeah, should know that. I think so. Damn. Um, here's the rapper question of the week for three points. Uh, which NFL running back uh, has reportedly thought about signing with a record label as a rapper? He has previously collaborated with Snoop Dogg before. He has a pretty good track record of, you know, rapping on some tracks. NFL running back. Who could I see doing that? Um, well, I know Le'Veon Bell compared himself to Steph Curry this week, so I don't think it's Le'Veon Bell, though. Uh, it, could, it could be. It might not be. I don't know. Uh, I'm just going to go with Le'Veon Bell. He's made that's some a good, That's a good choice. It's, it's a good choice. It's Le'Veon Bell. Nice. It's Le'Veon Bell? All right. It's Le'Veon Bell. So, right. um, he's six next. points. Not bad. Now, here's a Philly sports special. I have to say this is really hard, unless you've been reading up on the Philadelphia Union. Oh, I have not. <laughs> oh, I should ask a different question. It's okay. It's all right. Well, I'll ask it just for fun in case anyone out there wants to hear. Uh, which Arsenal product who played for Queens Park Rangers and Leighton Orient was signed to the Philadelphia Union this week? 
Uh, do you know? I have no uh, idea. Nope. No, nope. his name is Jay Simpson. Uh, oh, he's uh, pretty unknown. He does hold the distinction in history of scoring the first ever hat trick at the Emirates. Wow. In a U18 game for Arsenal. Nice. Uh, I'll ask you another Philly sports special. All right. Just for fun. Uh, the Philadelphia Union acquired a new player today. How did they acquire him? What event happened today that allowed the Union to acquire of this player? Draft? No. That's correct. Oh, it's wow. It's the MLS Super Draft. Oh, wow. Nice. Nice. All right. Um, Aren't they the only soccer league that has a draft? Yes, we they are. That? I think yeah. I mentioned that. Oh, yes. wow. That's a bad question to ask. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> somewhere between 6 and 10 points. You can give him 10. We'll give him 10. Yeah, 6.9. Yeah. yeah. So, nice. Oh, yeah. Nice. Nice. Uh, Will Raggett's with an impressive... Uh, he, I uh, 15 points. What I, I don't know that if that was, was easy start. or you just knew Will Myers and the Avalanche and maybe the Landon Donald question was too easy, but like yeah. I said, I, I had, thought, I, had I, I knew I knew a few of his questions and then I'm sure he knew a few of mine. So, I mean, it, I, yeah, dude, I mean, 15 points hats off to you. He, he, he deserved that one. By Thank far. you. I appreciate by it. By far. Well, there you have it. Thanks for joining us. First time, Andrew Bowen, the first, otherwise known to us at WNUR Sports is Bo and William Raggetts, known to everyone as Raggetts. I'm Mick Malik. Thanks for listening. Or Will. Will, either some people. Uh, season three of Sports for us after dark. Thanks for listening. See ya.